0: G'day everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Better Blokes podcast, we are just two blokes who are trying to be a little bit better, a
1: little bit less of a shit gun, um, do you notice it sounds like you're shouting, am I, I don't know,
0: I I did, I did see that the vo- the volume went up quite high then, I might have been a bit too close to the mic, I'm further back now do I sound better, yeah, now?
1: I don't know, I'm just saying because your g'days have been getting louder and louder every week,
0: I'm not sure if you're,
1: Shouting more, or you're just getting closer and closer to the mic as you get excited? I think I might be getting
0: closer to the mic, as I'm getting excited.
1: Um, Nothing wrong with being excited.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us again. Or if you're new around here, welcome for the first time.
1: thanks for joining us. And he's just it's Are those Kira's? Yeah, they're Kira's blue light glasses. <laughs> they're so
0: effeminate. Um, I love the rose tint. They're like pink. <laughs> welcome back everyone or welcome for the first time uh if you are new around here give us a follow and a subscribe on your uh podcast listening platform um and a follow on instagram and like some photos and send some questions in questions in because we
1: like to hear from you it's fun yeah press all buttons because apparently that that does us does us good thing does good things for us mm-hmm. and um, even if it doesn't it gives a little dopamine hit which is always nice yeah, and that's just the reason we are doing a podcast
0: is for validation. This is all completely ego driven. Yeah, this is all just for you guys to validate us. So the more validation you give us, the fucking better we'll feel. So, yeah, hit, hit a like and a
1: follow there. Uh, how are you this week, Andy? Yeah, this week's gone well. This is my first week, and um, with you as my coach for my triathlon. How are you? You're doing really well. I'm doing poorly.
0: <laughs> uh Look, I'm sure we'll get through it, mate. Well, but
1: it's, we'll uh, we'll soldier on. And next week will be better. Well, the end the end of this week will be better. What's interesting as well um,
0: is I was I was literally thinking about this on the walk to the car today, and I remembered the word. This, so there's a word that I'd been using to describe the feeling of exactly where you are right now. Um, and then I kept forgetting what it was, and I'd be like, It's "This I can't remember." People could never get novelty. So the novelty is worn off. Oh yeah, the fun, the, like, I'm doing something new, blah, blah, blah. 12 -hmm. months ago, I was in exactly the same position as you are now. I was like, people are like, how's your training going? I'm like, it fucking sucks. It's Um, just boring and it takes so long. Yeah, but it's almost there. If you can get through February and March, all of a sudden you'll get to April and go, there's only two months left.
1: Yeah. And
0: it'll start to get a bit more, like, race-driven um and a bit more exciting and a bit more brick sessions that kind of stuff and you'll start to get a bit more like oh shit we're ready for this and then all of a sudden it'll be the fucking 18th of june um and you'll be out there riding up and down those hills oh lovely
1: yeah (laughs) like although this week hasn't gone fully to plan like no week is ever going to go fully to plan but it's better than how i was doing the previous weeks and those weeks were better than what i was doing in, in january and January was better than I was doing in December. That's really all I can ask for. Yeah, exactly. The constant to be a better book. Yeah, exactly. The constant <laughs> state of self constant pursuit of self improvement. There you go. That's oh, all gosh. I can ask for. I did go I walked a dog at like twelve o'clock today and um, with the ambitions of running prior to us recording this podcast. And all the ambitions went straight out the window as soon as I realised how fucking hot it was outside. It is warm today. So I'm going to wait a little bit.
0: To yeah, to might, be, might be an Arvo run
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> on, on this one. I do, when I was uh, 12 months ago, I'd be running. Wednesday was my um, midweek run day, and I'd run at about like 12, 1 o'clock. I remember a client being like, why would you run then? It's the hottest part of the day. And I'm like, because I'm working at the two coolest parts of the day, the morning and yeah.
1: evening. <laughs> I don't have time to run then. <laughs> like being able to run at like 6 a.m. would be fantastic. It'd be fucking outstanding. Like, to, it is a kind of like this kind of training does suit having that nine to five job. I think one hundred percent because you can get up, train before work, and then you just go about your day as normal.
0: And also, you get to go and sit down all day.
1: Yeah. Like, whilst, um I am not. I am
0: not going to say that tra- uh, working in an office is any less overall stressful, but in terms of like physio, like physical stress, definitely a lot less on your body if you are able to sit down all day.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, well. And if you're you're a triathlete, you don't really have to worry about having like a stand up desk or anything because you're already moving enough. Like, you don't need to try and burn more energy or anything like that. You're trying to conserve energy. So,
1: yeah, and refuel and continue to eat. Mm, Exactly. (coughs) Ah, fuck. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I'd stub my toe on the chair. (laughs) Poor Andy. But uh, what are we going to talk about today, Robbie? You have a topic for us a A theory. theory. A theory. Yes. So,
0: this is something that. I've been, I've, I've wanted to talk about it for a while, but I just wasn't sure whether I'd be able to completely nail it. So it's called the inverted U theory. Um, And it's kind of the idea that um, there's no like, there's no uh, just like, there's a ceiling and a floor to the amount of everything that you can do or have for. So it's like, it's not just if you just, keep doing more and more and more of something or eating more and more and more of something or whatever, it will just get exponentially better. It's the idea that there's always a perfect point where it's at its best. And then it will start to get, it will start to actually have a negative impact on you. Um, and this is like, it's something that I draw upon with kind of like exercise, um, sort of like weight, uh, sort of, uh, muscle mass, body fat mass, like, um, consuming pretty much any food there is um, that there will always be a like as you start to increase from zero, it will exponentially it, it will get better. But then the amount that's uh, rate at which it improves will start to get slower and slower. So eventually you get to a point where you're getting less and less impact from the same same increases and then you get to a point where things are not getting any better. And then they'll actually start to get worse the more and more you do. So um, exercise is probably the easiest one. Obviously, zero exercise, not that good for you. Start increasing your exercise. It start to do more and more f- for you. Eventually, you'll hit a sweet spot where you're getting like a really good amount of exercise. And then the more exercise you start to do, it actually will start to impact you negatively. And I'll start to be positive impacts will start to go down until eventually you've gone, you're over-exercising and you're over-training and uh, it's just too much. Um, So yeah, that's the idea of the inverted
1: U. Does that sound familiar to you? It does. It's kind of put, it's putting a name on, another way of thinking about it is the law of diminishing returns um, and the way of graphing it. But it's a concept that also applies, like we'll obviously talk about it in there from the, from the, in the facet of like exercise and, and nutrition and stuff like that, because that happens to be the, um, the kind of the industry we find ourselves in. But it's a concept that you can apply to, to anything really like yeah, too much or too little of, of most things is going to have a negative impact. And there is always going to be that sweet, that sweet spot. And it's always going to be context dependent. Like if we look at it from say, like even if we take health and fitness out of it and we look at it from like a leisure standpoint, like, in terms of like, oh, no, like too much leisure within your life makes you lazy. People end up lacking drive and lacking purpose. But there is that sweet spot where you're not, like you're not working yourself into the ground, but you're not completely doing fuck all with yourself. Mm. Like you have that sweet spot where you have enough kind of downtime, enough leisure time, but you also have enough work um, or enough purpose to kind of keep you going and keep you driven. 100%, yeah. Um, so
0: the where I got this theory... From or where the first time I came across it. It was a book by uh, Malcolm Gladwell called David and Goliath. Malcolm Gladwell is one of my favorite ever authors. When, everyone, when any anytime anyone is ever like, should I read a book? I'm like, Malcolm Gladwell, go read his shit. It's outstanding. All of it's really good. And the way he writes was really good as well. But in this book, so David and Goliath, it's talking about um, – It's called uh, Underdogs, Misfits, and the Art of Battling Giants. So it's it's kind of like all these underdog stories and how being like a lesser, how often like having um, obstacles and stuff like that can help you actually be better in life. In this, in chapter two, um, he starts talking about a teacher from a school in somewhere in Connecticut, Um, and uh, he's talking about how he essentially says that there is a perfect amount of students in a class. So a lot of private schools in America will advertise and use it as a selling point that they will have a smaller class size for their kids, whereas because a lot of the American public schools, because their public school system, for want of a better word, sucks. It's um, quite overpopulated. So there's, you know, 30 plus kids in a single class with one teacher. So these private schools are like, there'll be 11 kids, you know, 11, 12 kids in a class. And it turns out that there's actually a perfect amount of kids, which is something like 18 i believe 18 is like how many kids you want in a class because then you get three groups of six essentially so you can break up into three groups and you get a different chat he then goes in the same chapter talks about a um a man from hollywood who grew up with very very little money um and then uh went on to like his family didn't have a lot of money so they all had to work so he started working when he was really young think kind of like you know like a Gary V who started working when he was like 16 yeah that kind of energy and then because he worked so hard and became so good at what he did he earned quite a lot of money to the point where he was quite incredibly well off and then he had two kids and both of them became rich assholes yeah and the idea was that there is a perfect amount of money like you can be too wealthy especially if you're trying to raise kids. Because if you're trying to raise kids and you want to teach them the value of money and the value of hard work and how to go out
1: and work hard and earn money,
0: if they already have a whole lot of money, they're not going to
1: feel any value from it. That's it. Like you want to give your kids the best life possible, but you also don't want to turn them into wankers, which is quite common. Very common. It's very common to like, you can always, not always, but a lot of the time you can tell like the kids who grew up with wealthier parents, hmm. and it's not—it's not that they like they all end up being ourselves, but there's certain characteris- characteristics, or there's certain outlooks that you either develop or don't develop because of your upbringing. Hmm. Yeah, hundred. It's it, it sticks with you the rest of your life, and you can just, you can just always kind of tell that person, tell that person, not in a bad way, but they'll just have different exper- like life experiences to other people. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's like I mean there's a stigma like obviously we're talking about this example of like wealthy kids. There is a stigma attached to to kids that are too that have grown up in quite a lot of money that like you know they they'll never earn anything that they do. And it's like because so many of them just don't because they've grown up in these like situations where they had too much of a good thing. So the whole you know law of diminishing returns this inverted U theory that's the point.
1: Yeah, I remember hearing about Sorry to cut you off. There's, I can't. There was a name for the phenomenon, but it was these wealthy kids that grow up. Um, I think it was, someone. He had like he had gone off the rails. Some fucking American chap, and when he was asked about like why he did that, he's like, "Well, nothing that I do will ever be attributed to me because people will always assume that I was successful because of what my dad did before me and because I had that leg up with having all the money. So I just don't bother."
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, And it kind of ties into that, like hard times breed, strong people, strong people make easy, like good times, good times breed, weak people. Weak weak people people. breed hard times. Yeah. Um, Interestingly enough, James Smith talked about the inverted U. He called it the hypothesis. I like to call it the theory. um, In his book, How to Be Confident. Um, And in this, he's referring to what's called um it's like the performance and arousal graph so not arousal as in what happens when i see ethan wearing a flanny uh, sleeveless flanny in the gym arousal as in um it's like uh, Like
1: nervous from arousal
0: yeah yeah so like um really good in uh, impact is or idea is that um those athletes that perform really really well in training but as soon as you get like a crowd there there's too much going on there's too much input um and the, the idea is that there is a perfect amount of arousal where, like, if things are too stressful, your um, performance starts to decrease. And he kind of, in this, he refers like refers to um, confidence and being able to, you know, go up and talk to people and achieve things. And it's like there needs to be a perfect amount of, like, risk because if it's, like, or, like, necessity for success, because if there's too much, it's like, then there's too higher um danger like associated with failing but if there's not enough and it's like oh you don't fucking try hard enough because it doesn't matter yeah like what's the point exactly yeah so um these are kind of like the two literary examples um that I've come across and then I thought well obviously this can um can refer to what we do in sort of like health and fitness um example exhibit A is the guy talking to you right now 12 sessions of 12 training sessions a week um not looking after my body and now I'm injured. So it's, clearly there was a too <laughs> Everything's just broken. So like, in, and you see it a lot in the gym where people go, I've just been training so, so hard, you know, two, three sessions a day and I'm just not seeing any results. It's like, you're training too much, brother.
1: Yeah. yeah that's it. Like, where, where do we go? Well, where do we, oh my God, my words will not work. Where do we Which go down is- the route of saying, like, calling it the inverted U theory or the law of diminishing returns? Like, more is not always better mm, and sometimes yeah. less is not always better as well yeah like you need to find that sweet spot you need to find what works regardless of of the of the context you're talking about like depending on the situation you find yourself in there is going to be that sweet spot whether it's yeah. training whether it's nutrition whether it's social interaction you're <laughs> watching there's too little yeah and you gotta find what works for you yeah well i mean like like we were talking with Gary last week about kind
0: of like alcohol and like, obviously he's given enough alcohol and we're both, um, we've both like quite reduced our alcohol intake. But then like, or you mentioned, um, is it County Kerry? Yeah. In Ireland where it's like, alcohol is probably keeping some old people there alive because if they can't go and booze at the pub, they've got nothing to do. And it's like, well, what's the point of being around? Like, so it's it's so con- it means things are so context dependent. Yeah. Okay. Go on. I was gonna say like fitness advice, like whether it be us sitting here talking shit on a podcast or you know, um, every personal trainer under the sun posting the the goal the best new way to grow their pecs or the best nutrition strategy, it's like we are all like so different from each other that none of this information it all the information is such a like wide variety like it's such a a broad spectrum and it's like it needs to be so much more individualized like i don't ever want to tell people that they can't eat carbs i love eating carbs i they're my favorite foods and i never want to tell a a client that they can't but i had a client who was um uh bordering on type so it was pre-diabetic bordering on type 2 diabetes um from high blood sugar like and he's since gone on the keto diet and he's dropped 16 kilos in three months fuck yeah decent and it's and he's not even like he's not tracking his food because it just it wasn't working for him because there was obviously like different things that were getting in the way but like by doing that what he's managed to like just by cutting out by cutting out carbs he's managed to lower his blood sugar which just makes it like it's, his metabolism is just working a bit better and his metabolic function is just a bit better. And it's like some people will be like, oh, no, like you shouldn't ne- – like I hate keto. I'll never tell
1: someone to do keto. I mean I, I'm i not a fan of it, but it works. Yeah, it's all context-dependent. And when you deal in absolutes, um, not just in not, our industry, in yeah. every industry, but a lot of people within our industry do deal in absolutes. And then you're given what works for you. Normally, you're giving that advice to absolutely everyone, it's never gonna fucking work for everyone. I'm just um this is the direction that my joke just went over your head.
0: I didn't hear it. What'd you say? <laughs> you said you said so many people in our industry are dealing in absolutes. I said they're sith. What? Star Wars?
1: No. Oh
0: worry, mate. have you watched Star Wars? Yeah, but didn't get it. In episode three, he goes. He's like, "If you're not, my, if you're not with me, then you're my enemy." And then he says, "Only a Sith deals in absolutes."
1: Ah, uh, sorry.
0: There's <laughs> someone out there listening that's like absolutely crying with laughter, and you're sitting here awkwardly at my. I've seen the Star Wars, but I wouldn't say I like Star you're... Wars. You sounded like something. I've seen the Star Wars. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> I was. I lived the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I can fucking tell. I was the Star Wars um but yeah like it's such an absolute industry like you know people like no no you still have to eat your carbs or like you can still lose weight eating ice cream it's like yeah but for a lot of people cutting ice cream out is actually going to help them i'm not going to tell them but if it works for them it fucking works
1: yeah like you you can still eat ice cream if you do it in quite moderation you control like so many other aspects but for fucking marian accounts having one ice cream leads to another ice cream and so on and so forth and when you don't control every other variable having the ice cream leads to weight gain a lot of the time and if exactly. you want to prevent weight gain or go through a fat loss phase maybe taking a little bit of time away from the ice cream is going to be beneficial yeah
0: yeah definitely um and like i guess another kind of like good example um is that like you know a, there are a lot of people who are like anti-carbon like low-carb people who are like you know, sugar is bad for you. Like it's it like, it's just got this innate like evil that it's just, it's like, uh you know, Voldemort. It's just an evil person. And it just, it's trying to hurt you all the time. And it's like, well, actually, no, not necessarily. There are times when sugar is actually quite good for you. Um, and that is usually when you need energy to sort of exist. I mean, if someone was starving, giving them sugar is probably going to actually help them.
1: Yeah, I mean- my, from a training standpoint, I have a lot more sugar in my diet now. I yeah. More little goo pouches. Yeah. they're awful, but <laughs> they're not they're not the nicest. No. But I mean I got a cola flavoured one and the first few were nice and now I'm sick of it. I bought a box yeah. of fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also made a similar mistake with my protein. So I've moved away from Rule One, the brand. Their, uh, their salted caramel has been my go-to for ages because it tastes nice to drink and it tastes really good in oats. I've mm. gone for a chocolate peanut butter from MyProtein. Oh, that's which, bold too. Yeah, like it's fine, but it's one of them flavors. It's a little bit out there because it's pe- it's peanut butter and it's mm. not great, but I yeah. ordered a two-and-a-half-kilo bag. Because it was forty percent off, and that was the only size they had. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, small sizes were, the smaller sizes were were sold out. We'll see how it pays off for them. Um,
0: yeah, and I mean, like, I, I mean, this is kind of like an example. After um, after the Iron last year, I was having um, having dinner with some friends, and I was talking about like what I consumed during the race, and I was like, you know, um, sh- like gel, um, lots of caffeine, Coke, Gatorade, Coke of the liquid variety, um, Gatorade, Red Bull, um, like lollies. And one of the friends commented, oh, that like, that sounds, it's funny that like all these, uh, all these like people who are supposed to be healthy, they're all these athletes and what they consume is actually like rather unhealthy. And I was like, well, I mean, like in terms of first of all the consideration like are athletes healthy because a lot of them are pushing their bodies to points where they start to have injuries and nervous system breakdown, and you know they have struggle like post-life I mean would you call an ex-NFL player with CTE healthy like I think healthy is such a term that we it's a it's almost a negative term because people just lay it onto things and it it's
1: themed as like this person's healthy because they exercise a lot. Like, mm. Even an NFL player without CT CTE is normally not necessarily healthy. <laughs> <laughs> you're weighing like three hundred and fifty pounds and you're yeah. you're getting in a mini car crash multiple times a game for work. Yeah. Not even that. if it's, it's way even if you avoid the CTE.
0: Yeah, and even if that's all muscle like that still almost like almost too much muscle for your body to cope with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the comment about like, oh, they, what they consume is so unhealthy. It's like, well, in that exact moment, like, yeah, you're going to need a, a buttload of sugar and caffeine to get you through a roughly six hour, well, four to six hour effort of just continuous exercise. If you're going to go and sit at a desk all day um, and are struggling to get your 10K steps in, I'd probably recommend not consuming that mu- that many carbs and that much caffeine because you just don't
1: need it. Yeah. Once again, it's context dependent, and if you don't have, if you don't take the context into account, yes, and and you were just to tell them, oh, this is what I ate yesterday, and you didn't tell them what I did a half month they were mm. like, oh shit, yeah, you you unhealthy you fucker, fatty. yeah, you you on I ate
0: a I ate a family serving of rice, a thousand yeah. calories of oats, pasta, potatoes, Milo cereal, orange juice, snakes. That was my average day.
1: Yeah. But you were also training 12 times a week. There you and go. It, it takes that that amount of food to, to fuel it. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: I've just completely lost my train of thought.
1: This is I, great... I saw that train of thought leave your head. <laughs> so I it, go in one ear and out the other. Um,
0: it's coming back. It's coming back. Is it actually coming
1: back or can I just
0: do it? It's coming back. It's back. What is it? Well, it's like, so the next question is, obviously we've said that there is a sweet spot and then it starts, to the returns start to diminish. So it's like, well, how the fuck, how do you find the sweet spot? Like, how do I know what the sweet spot is? Um, And Andy, the answer to that is you fuck around. And find out. And it. Then you find out. Like, I think because we are so like desperate for like an instant, um, Instant gratification and an instant result—we're not willing to do the fucking around, and therefore, we are not going to find out. Like, how much is the sweet spot in terms of how much food I should be eating? How much are you eating now?
1: Oh, yeah. Much. What's your you weight doing? It's going up. All right, we should probably eat less. Yeah, like you take a stab in the stab in the dark, and wait a bit, like see what's happening, analyze the results, and then adjust accordingly analyze the results yeah (laughs) yeah like 100% um
0: taking the time to figure stuff out like figure what works um be willing to make some mistakes be willing to learn some lessons you learn more you learn more from losses than you do from wins
1: yeah but if you like if we were to kind of maybe find a a tangent to go on if you look at (laughs) all the bodybuilders from like the, the 60s 70s and 80s they had access to very little, uh, like a small, small percentage of the knowledge that we have access to now. How, like what made them successful was their individual like, experimentation with the different training methods. They fucked around and they found out and they did extremely well. And still mm. to this day, a lot of the training methods that we have, like, we have a lot of research and stuff that's been done over the past few decades to back up what they did, but they didn't. They mm-hmm. found, like they got to where they where they did by experimentation and by just kind of fucking around and finding out. Yeah, something that, that
0: um I, I I you see a little bit on on Instagram from some of the um more <clears throat> the like bodybuilders that are now like into t- into like teaching and it's like um people who are like the the scientists will be like oh the the research suggests this, bro, 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 bro. but then they're like, "All right, well, I actually
1: did it and it worked for me." So, yeah, yeah. So
0: they, they it, fucked
1: around. And they found out. It's always like really skinny guys as well who've done their 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 bachelors of exercise science, but have never really spent that much time training. Like you probably would have experienced this in uni. Some of the oh, people yeah. who, who would have done your course who have never actually worked in a gym or they've never actually spent that much time in a gym, they know, probably going to know a lot more than what I do. But when you don't have the practical experience to back that up, no one's going to listen to you. We had a, um, a, a guy teaching us
0: muscle mechanics. So like how the muscles work, how to build muscle, etc. cetera. Um, not very muscular for someone that was teaching us about muscle. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a weird one. Mm, you'd think it'd be some jacked dude straight out of the um, the local Anytime Fitness that just, you know, he fucks around, he finds out. But no. Yeah.
1: That's not to say that that's the only way. Like, there is obviously, there's a, there's a midpoint that you got to find that's going to work. Like, if you try and be really, really optimal, it's like, oh, I'm going to set up my exercise to be the absolute best and, oh, I mm. have to hit my lap, like, the one Luke Lehman always says, like, oh, I have to yeah. hit the my lower six sacromeres on my lat to make sure I get the best contractions. Like, if you're approaching your training like that, you're definitely not training hard enough. No, there, no. There's a point to like, you can set up exercise as best as you can. And that, like, that's the kind of approach I like to take. And um, like, at least bringing in a little bit of that kind of biomechanics, um, as much as my understanding is. Mm. But there is, there's that point of diminishing returns. That if I, if you got it too far down that route of trying to be too technical, you're going to be too technical and then not, mm. you're going to sacrifice the intensity, sacrifice the weight you're moving and sacrifice the actual results you end up getting because you're training like a pussy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, even like, I mean, I know that one of your, your favorite way to set up like a lat pull down is by like bringing a, a different bench over. It's to totally like,
1: complicated.
0: Yeah. And like in, in the middle at like, seven o'clock in the morning when you can barely like turn around without whacking into someone's face you're not going to set up that set it up like that because just a this is not going to be enough room and b you are probably not going to have access to all the equipment you need and it's like even then there is like in the context dependent what time you're training at the gym what gym you're training at how long you've got like that's all going to factor in when it comes to like what is the best way to do this exercise and yeah sometimes all you've all you've got is a dumbbell and you
1: got to make a dumbbell work yeah absolutely like i might actually start doing that at 7 a.m get a get dave the bicep specialist <laughs> on the uh, on the chest supported lap all down <laughs>
0: That would be a but. I can't wait to see that in the middle, all the all the big bros that are like finishing off their arms workout, and there's just Andy who's pulled a bench over. How, how <laughs> many blokes train arms at six am? That's a lot. So many. There's maybe like, and it's the same blokes as well. I'm like, it's like beautiful. the same seven fellas mm, every yeah. morning train arms. Actually, there's a couple that there's it's been a new influx of people, and there's. Two of them um, who uh, appear to be like workmates, they're actually, they train pretty well. Like they make a little bit of unnecessary noise, but they tend to do a good mix. You know, they you see them squatting and doing their deadlifting. Never seen them upstairs. only ever seen them downstairs. So they, they do yeah, all They're
1: their- coming in that early. You're getting the rack downstairs.
0: Yeah. Up the stairs. Um, but then there's a couple of others who I'm like, how many different versions of a tricep extension can you do in one session?
1: Yeah. There's another <laughs> this- point, like... A law I mean, of diminishing returns. Yeah, find two fucking tricep exercises, two bicep exercises, and just do them a lot. Yeah, That's all you have to do. And you'll just be get sweet. really good at them. Get really strong and get really strong with good technique, though. Oh yeah, good technique. Adam, um, this question was asked
0: by a client yesterday. Um, he he likes to look at people on Instagram and and believe everything that is is told. So he was asking about some bloke who does like. We'll do we'll do one exercise. We'll do like low weight, and you'll we'll just do a hundred reps, and that's his session. And I was like, I mean, I mean, essentially, it's just a, a ten by ten, which is like German volume training.
1: But was yeah, a bit I'm, more of German volume training than that.
0: Yeah, but also, like, I was just like, look, do you really want to do hundred reps or something? Like, you're going to get so bored. But also, your technique because from t- just fatigue from doing the one thing so many times, you're just going to get tired. And it's like your technique is going to go out the window. And it's like you could do three sets of ten and probably get just as much.
1: Yeah, of like it's minutes. not efficient. No, anything no no. your imagination. What was going to say I had something. Now my thought has gone from my head. I saw
0: it go as well. Sorry, that's yeah. um. Sweet. Well, if we do kind of like tangent onto something else, if if you don't mind, yeah, edit. far ahead. tangent, tangent um, away. It's something I've been reading about. Um, and talking about, I love, once I hear, that, hear it once, I like to talk about it to everyone that will listen. Um, have you ever heard of sleep procrastination? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, which is when we don't go to bed straight away at night. So we're tired, we're exhausted, and we just don't feel like, we We know we should go to bed, but you just fucking lie there. Perfect example, me, is just lying there, re-watching the same TV shows, same five TV shows that I've watched so many times, I can quote them um, almost line for line. But I just don't get up and go to bed. It's like, well, that's cool. And you do, I'll, I'll say that to people and be like, yeah, no, I, I understand. that. I get that. I've kind of, you know, similar thing. And it's called sleep procrastination. So it's like you're – because you give so much of your time to other people, mostly your work, customers, clients – friends, family, you get to the end of the day and you're like, I don't want to go, like, I want some time for me. And so you end up staying up late. And because you stay up late, you're exhausted in the morning and then you go to work slightly, like somewhat stressed. And then you give all your time to someone else and then you get home and the cycle repeats itself.
1: Yeah, it ends up being a vicious cycle because you never carve out that time. Mm. You never carve out um, a chunk of time during your day to have that specific me time like i mm. think it's one thing that probably the best thing that i learned from mp was and he i think he in turn learned it from luke was so many um jobs and our job in particular as well but it's it kind of it spans multiple industries and, and multiple different uh, people from all walks of life is most people's approach is them us and then me last so them being for us it's our 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 clients, the people who, who pay us to do what we do, then us is um your immediate family might be a housemate, so on and so forth, and then and then it's me. So me is last. Whereas if you flip that on your head, and what we like to do obviously is spend time to ourselves in the one like take time for meditation, journaling, whatever whatever that is. But you like plan out your time first, so you look after number one. You look after yourself first. Well, that gives you more time to put into and more energy to put into us and them as well. So rather than thinking them, then us, and then me last, like you're not your last priority. You're your number one priority. You can give more to them. You can give more to us and not sacrifice that time. You're not sacrificing that um that me time. And then you end up avoiding stuff like sleep procrastination where you're trying to catch up with like, oh, well, I've been on the go all day. I haven't had time to myself. So I'm, I'm going to stay up one fucking watch How I Met Your Mother for the fifth time, be purely because, oh, I need some time for myself. Eighth time. Eighth yeah. fucking hell. Do you want a new TV show? Watch Yellowstone. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I don't like long episodes. You don't have to watch it all at once.
0: But I just feel like I
1: have to. Well, you, I don't just, have to. you don't have to. More. You don't have to do
0: anything. I don't. Yeah, I could keep watching the same fucking TV shows. And... Be be a fucking uncultured swine
1: if yeah, that's what no I'm that. Watch Yellowstone and then watch, <laughs> then watch 1883 and then watch 1923. It's, they're all fucking fantastic.
0: <laughs> what the, what's 19, what, 1883?
1: What's that about? It's so there's a spin-off series of Yellowstone. so 1883 is set, believe it or not, in 1883. Whoa! How, how they you like ended up in Montana where Yellowstone is mm-hmm. set? And then 1923 is 40 years after that. So they're like prequels. It's
0: 1923, forty years after
1: 1883. It is, funny enough. Surprisingly enough, I know. Um,
0: yeah, like one thing, uh, what One of the things that you mentioned there was, um, obviously, like what what MP had taught us about the um, us, me, them, or me, us, them. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like it's the like the rock pebbles and sand theory where you you know your life is a jar. You you is the rock the the rocks. Um, us is the pebbles, them is the sand. And it's like if you fill it up with the sand and then the pebbles, there's going to be very little room for the rocks. But if you go rocks first and then pebbles and then sand, all of a sudden you're filling it all in. Um, yeah, exactly. It all just finds its way in there. Um, but, yeah. Oh, look at the pipes on him. Jesus. Um, and he's just flexing in the camera. Um stretching. yeah. <laughs> like one of, one of the things that I've found is like if – so many people are our alarms to wake up are usually the smallest amount of time that we need before we have to leave, and often it's not even enough time for that. That's why we're why me is like a late to things so regularly is because we we want to um we we just leave so little time. But like if you uh if you can get up and actually start get up earlier and start doing stuff bef- for you before you go to work, walk, swim stretch meditate journal breath work go to the gym you know whatever it is if you can give that time to you it's at the start of the day like you're gonna get home in the evening and you're gonna be like i feel really good i feel really comfortable oh time to go to bed yeah sweet put me to bed let's go whereas if you're like if you get up and then you're already stressed cuz you're running slightly behind and then you're you're a little bit late so you've got this like constant travel stress and you get to work just on time and then you know two or three things get dropped on your plate like that and then you know you go through the day trying to get all that stuff done you realize you haven't got anything any of the stuff that you needed to get done that day or you wanted to get done then you work a little bit later to get that done you go home you don't realize, you realize you haven't got any food prepared so you you know order in or or get something that's probably or make something that's a bit shit. And all of a sudden it's like nine o'clock and you have given absolutely zero of your time to yourself that day. And it's like, yeah, you're probably not going to want to go straight to bed because you want to go and you want to sort of just have some quiet time and some you time. Um one thing that I recommend to all of my clients is to go for a walk outside at some point during your working day. At some point during the day with, when the sun's out, go outside, go for a walk, have some you time on their time. And it's almost like that's your that's your revenge, that's your little clap back is having some you time during the day. And, I mean, like, we all need more sunlight, so go outside, like, and, you know, oh, I'll work through my lunch break. No, that's your time. Use your time for you. Don't give it to them. They already get enough of it, and they don't pay
1: you well enough. Some petty employer is going to duck dox- Start docking your clients 10 minutes for their walk. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like if if you get like uh, also as well, like
0: if you're like, if you're a casual employee, this is different. But if you're like part-time or full-time, like you're not paid, like you're paid by the hour, but you're paid to get a job done. And it's like if you can get that job done in six hours and 50 minutes whilst taking an hour break and then a 10-minute walk, then what's the difference between that and then you know spending that extra hour and 10 minutes to get all the way to that eight and it's like you'll probably find that you're more efficient and more productive because you're actually giving yourself that time to reset
1: during the day and go again yeah well what is it parkinson's law is like the amount of time given to a task is how long the task will take yeah like yeah. if you give yourself right. in, the, in the in this um example 8 hours to do a task or 6 hours and 50 minutes to do a task the task will take the time allotted to it. Yeah. So set some time aside, go for your fucking walk. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got a deadline coming
0: up, you're going to wait until that deadline. So you're not doing anything in the two hours preceding it. So you might as well go for a walk. Yeah, exactly. Have some time to you. And then when you get back, put a 40, 45 minute timer on. And every 45 minutes you get up and you stretch and get some water or go to the bathroom because that's going to help your concentration levels. So that's, you get a Pomodoro
1: thing. Is that the timer? Yeah.
0: We have like, Um, humans have roughly, depending on the person, like 45 minutes to 90 minutes of concentration on the one task. Yeah. And then, um, I know that, uh, what's the, the high performance habits guys, something Bouchard? Uh, Brendan Bouchard. Brendan Bouchard. So he says that after every 45 minute or 45 to 90 minute block, you should get up and leave whatever space you were in. So whether it's like your office or whether it's like me walking out onto the balcony and then coming back in um, to kind of give your brain a chance to reset so you can get started on the next task.
1: Yeah. Well, in that case, in just under four minutes, I'm going to walk away from you and come back. I'll I'll just keep carrying the podcast on my own. (laughs) (laughs) Carrying the the potty on on them broad shoulders. Yeah,
0: I'll just keep. No, they're, they're not very functional at the moment. They're all internally rotated. Um, I'll just keep talking, and
1: people won't even notice that you're gone. <laughs> no, Intern- internally, Robbie. <laughs> internally, Robbie. Um, we have a ten-minute tackle topic to do. We do. This is yours. This Tell is me yours. about it. So I was thinking about this when on Tuesday it was, it was Tuesday. It was lash and rain. It was fucking yeah. miserable, and I was a bit sad. <laughs> That sad being seasonal affective disorder. But I was it got me thinking, like, obviously living in Sydney and living in Australia, and uh, if we ignore the last two summers where it rained a fuck ton and just take this summer and, and the summers prior to all the rain into account, like, we're very lucky to have the weather that we have. And I think at least based on conversations that I've had with people, be it clients, mates, a lot of people don't utilize the absolutely wonderful resource that we have that is the outdoors and it, it can cause a lot of problems for people but it can also fix a lot of issues for people as well the main one being sleep we kind of so it kind of ties into our into our sleep procrastination thing and um like just little things like getting sunlight in your eyes first thing in the morning exposing yourself to more vitamin d like we have that resource available to us in australia and a lot of people don't and we don't use it a lot and I, Sorry, are we gonna start the timer? I thought you'd already started it. <laughs> Give me a chance. I've right, been right. for like a minute. It's on now. <laughs> but yeah, like we have this unbelievable resource to us in terms of the weather that a lot of people don't use, and it can have a lot of benefits for us and other other people in other countries do get affected by the weather. Like you spend time in the UK, so you know, like growing up at home in Ireland, the weather is depressing. Like you get fucking maybe six hours of of decent light in during the day and winter and that's about it yeah 100
0: percent. like when i was in the uk um sort of like over the winter i just remember like getting up to go to work and it being like kind of like gray and dark on the way to work and then getting to the office sitting in the office working all day and then wanting to go like i like i wanted to go to the gym after work like that was the idea i'd had clothes in my in my bag to go to the gym on the way home um And then you'd, uh, I'd finish work and it'd just still be dark. And I'd be like, I just want to go home again. Like, I don't want to be outside because it's just a, like, you get up in the dark and you go home in the dark. And it's such a, like, it can be such a negative impact on your mental health, which is like, it's a thing. Like, seasonal affective disorder is a thing. This isn't something we're making up. It's not a theory. Like, it's a genuine, genuine thing. And then, like, in Australia, we do have this, especially like in summer, like, it it's the sun comes up at like, you know, ten to six or like six o'clock around then. And it doesn't go down till eight. Like yeah. so much time that we can use to like be outside, be in the sun, and we just don't use it. It's like just as I said, like people will get up, they'll rush to get get their shit together for work and then they'll just go straight to work. And then they'll finish work and they'll come home and they'll just come straight inside and they just they won't even see the sun. And It's like human beings were not designed to be inside all the time. Like our, everything in our evolution says that you need to get sunlight. It's good, as you mentioned, for your sleep, so for your circadian rhythm. Um, you need vitamin D, which obviously we get from the sun, which is good for your um, the way that your body functions. Um, and then it's just like in terms of your mental health, it's so it's super important to keep you like functioning properly. So yeah, like we uh, we do take for granted the amount of uh
1: son that we get yeah well andrew huberman was asked a question and it was i think it was it was chris williamson asking the question and he asked him he's like if someone wanted to have the absolute worst start to the day what should they do and he was like stay in bed keep the curtains drawn scroll on your phone yeah and not drink water like they're, they're the kind of three or four things to set yourself up in the absolute worst way possible for your day and that's the start of the vast majority of people's day. Like mm. me and Kira this year became really big proponents of get like getting up out of bed like before the sun and going and watching a sunrise and then going for a swim with that. Like it's such a simple thing. But mm. we started doing it in winter and just kind of continued on to the summer. It got a hell of a lot easier in the summer as well. Mm. And just little things like that made such a big difference, one to our sleep, but also just our approach to kind of life in Sydney, because living in the city is not the most exciting fucking thing in the world. Like I've especially been from a small town. Like it's not cities aren't all that. And they can't be cracked up to be. No, they're not. And taking time to slow down and just appreciate the little things like that make a big difference. And I remember having a chat with a client recently about how he couldn't wait for the weekend. Cause he got to have a sleep in. And I was like, it's the middle of summer. What are you sleeping in for? Yeah, Robbie's pointing at himself for for the yeah. obviously you can't see, but like
0: yeah, you can't see. But I'm the same. Like I love my Saturday morning sleeping. I mean, I'm sleeping in because I need to catch up on sleep because I don't yeah, sleep enough during the week. Well, but what's a sleep
1: in for you? Like how late? Ah, oh, maybe like eight eight thirty. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- this gentleman's sleep in was eleven. So like that's midday. Like yeah, and- you're wasting a lot of your day. Yeah, and I I just it's a phenomenon that I cannot understand myself because we have this like wonderful weather, like just go out and enjoy it. Yeah. Improve your, sp- I think it's- improve your sleep.
0: Yeah. Improve your sleep. I, but I think it's like, all cool, like obviously all this shit is connected. Like if you're sleeping, if you're going to bed early during the week. Wake up earlier during the week, getting some sunlight in the morning, getting to the weekend. Don't feel like you need to steal time back or take revenge on, on t- um, getting time back. You're probably going to go out and get on the piss a bit less as well. So you're probably not going to spend Friday and Saturday night boozing. So it's going to be easy to wake up in the morning. And then because you're awake, you're like, well, let's fucking go and do something. So you go to the beach, you go for a hike, you go for a walk, go and you know do stuff outside. Um you're so you're gonna get a you're gonna get so much more done but b you're just gonna like life is it's you're not gonna live for the weekend anymore and that's a good thing like you shouldn't be living to get to your weekend and then having you know two days of not working and then repeating the cycle because otherwise like what are you like in the long run like how long are you gonna do that for like the rest of your life like what like when you plan to retire you like if you're in your 20s you probably got like 40 working years left you're gonna live just like for every weekend for the next forty years, fuck yeah. that!
1: I think all the points we've made today kind of tying together, like setting more time aside for yourself, like not procrastinating your sleep, and actually making the most of the time that you do have. Like set the time aside for yourself, and then go and do something with that time. Like get up off the couch, go outside. Like you'll get a hell of a lot more fulfillment from your like day to day life by doing mm. like simple things like that, and like you then touch on theirs not living for the weekend like if you don't live for the weekend and you have more fulfillment from your day-to-day life you'll be a happier person in general and if you're a happier person you're more often than not be a healthier person as well
0: mm. so much more likely to engage in in healthy behaviors um one thing that like i mean as i mentioned like obviously i pointed to myself i like a in on a saturday and I, i'll be like oh i gotta sleep in what time do you get up seven o'clock that's not a sleep in well for me it is um look at me i wake up early i'm better than you uh but one i have noticed that like like when I was riding on Saturday mornings a lot, I would get up and go and ride and be out in the sun and exercise and getting up wasn't that hard. But like now it's like, and I like I wasn't living for the weekend then. Like it was just, you know, I mean, obviously I was, all my life was training, but I didn't just wait for the weekend to come. Nowadays, I definitely am feeling that like a lot more. It's like, oh fuck, like can it just be Friday afternoon already? Because then it's like, that's where my weekend starts. And, you know, there is that, that feeling of like, oh, I'm just constantly almost like stuck in like a cycle. Um, which is, I, I definitely think that being in kind of like a big city and like living that kind of like, even though our lifestyle is slightly different to obviously a nine to five worker, but that Monday to Friday, like you taking those mornings, that mornings off on Monday morning, I'm like, like, I think that is like an absolute game changer like to be able to you know do your own thing starting off the week by doing your own thing like I would if I were you I mean you can look forward to whatever you want but I would look forward to Monday mornings because it's like you know you get up you go watch the sunrise go for a swim you're refreshed you're revitalized ready to start the week have a coffee have an almond croissant like yeah that would be a that's a sick way to start your week compared to it being Sunday night and you're still hung you're hung over and tired and you're not at all ready for the next week, but you have no option. You just gotta go straight into it.
1: Yeah, it makes a big difference. Like I've noticed a massive, massive difference in kind of my outlook on life, my outlook towards work as well. Like I get a great sense of fulfillment just by doing like it's not a big thing. Like we jump in the car, 15 minute drive at the beach, you're chucking yourself in the water. Mm. But in the grand scheme of things, that little thing compounds and it kind of if it brings you that little bit of inner peace you then tend to make better decisions whether it's better decisions around training better decisions around nutrition better decisions around who you want to spend your time with and how you want to kind of be treated by people as well and yeah, how, how do you end up treating people yeah 100 percent um and it was
0: like uh, this is kind of sort of a somewhat of a tangent um i just i was with some people on the on the way camera at the beach and one of a, a, pers- a friend of one of them came up to to them and said, "Um, oh, what'd you do last night? Like, did you go out last night? And I was, it just occurred to me like the first thought you are, the first thing you ask someone on a Sunday afternoon is like, did you get on the piss last night on a Saturday night? It's like, surely there's more to life. It's like, what did you get up to today? What did you get up to yesterday? Like, how was your week? No, it's, did you go out last night? And it just, it, I don't know, it rattled me. And I was just like, this isn't like, it was a part of a confirmation of like, this is definitely not the lifestyle I want to have. Yeah. in it's the Yeah, it's ingrained
1: in our culture, though.
0: Yeah, you just that's what you do. You go out and get pissed on a Saturday. I mean, I can understand how people get caught in it. Like we're we're talking exactly how you get caught in it. You go to school, you go, you finish school, you go to uni, you get a degree, and then you go straight from your degree, and everyone in in corporate Australia just wants to get on the piss every weekend. And yeah, you you will get get stuck in that. So it's yeah, trying to break free and be a little bit more independent of it.
1: Yeah, it's just normalized and. There's a time and a place for it, of course, like with social events and, and kind of family stuff, but when it's your be all and end all and it's what you live for, it's definitely not healthy. No, no way. Well, I mean,
0: considering I started the timer a bit late, that is 10 minutes, so we're getting good at this.
1: Yeah, it's nice have it. different segments.
0: It is, it is. It's, and speaking of different segments, we've got a question. I do got questions sorry questions
1: oh kill him
0: <laughs> kill him uh question number one uh this is from cal thank you cal um how do you get bazookas for arms like yourself asking for a mate i think that's for you Is it? i don't
1: know mate, I, think, I mean you, you have big arms than me so i'd imagine it's for you
0: you're rocking an absolute set of pipes at the moment so i wouldn't i'm just putting a
1: very tight thing but
0: I was, I'm, I was lucky enough to be born with quite short upper arms.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fucking T-Rexing. Yeah, I got shit then. Huh? Why your bench so shit?
0: Um, I don't know. Small rib cage. Small rib cage. Do you have a small rib cage? Weak as shit. I have a wide infrasternal angle. Yeah. So I should be, and you I've got short
1: arms.
0: Wide infrasternal angle, big rib cage, short fucking arms. You should be a great bench person. And and yet I don't compete in powerlifting. Instead, I'm competing in a sport that is almost the exact opposite, uh, which is endurance sports. Yeah, so, so
1: you're like an oversized
0: yeah. u- <laughs> Hobbit. Thank you. That made me feel real good. you are not quite sure. i um, to be a Hobbit,
1: like, like if you're like five six or five five. Yeah, it's um, very Hobbitish. Yeah,
0: um, my shoulders are quite internally rotated, which I think uh, adds to the illusion. But yeah, it could be worse. Look, I just—I mean, I've—I've I've been <laughs> lifting weights nice. since I on and off since I was twelve. So, um, and I think I'm genetic. I'm, I'm predisposed to kind of look a bit bigger on on my arm because my arms are short. So, uh, they're all for show. They don't—they don't do anything. They're weak Disco shit muscles.
1: <laughs>
0: nah, it's water. I injected water in there. I've been taking creatine.
1: That disco
0: muscles <laughs> is one of my favorite terms. i am here for it. I'm a big fan of it. Um. Cal, if you want to get some juicy arms, uh, lower your weight, time under tension, um, pausing in the in in the stretched and the contract, uh, um, contracted positions. Um, do it, yeah. So hit hit mid range and 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 the end ranges, um, and yeah, just get good at doing two or three exercises. What are your go to arms exercises, Andy? So go to for biceps and go to for
1: triceps. Um- I've really been enjoying hammer curls at the moment for biceps, um, hammer curls and an incline curl. Mm. It's like seated incline curl. They're probably my two favourite at the moment. I I really like yeah, your standing cable. You know the one arm one. Yeah, like I, there's a longer name for it, but yeah, yeah, it's, like it's at, like... at shoulder height because it's supposed so to be really good for like shoulder stability and stuff as well.
0: Yeah, if you do it with both, it's a crucifix curl.
1: Oh yeah, but then you're like you'd look like such a wanker.
0: You look like a wanker, yeah. That's why you do it with one, yeah. But yeah,
1: um, and triceps. I like that as well. Triceps, JM press is uh, mm-hmm. what I've been fucking around with a lot. I've been doing a lot of heavy JM press. I worked up to a top set of five at sixty, like really, really? strict with a, I, an um, easy bar. No, no, uh, but a dumbbell. regular barbell, yeah, Oh, regular barbell. Oh shit, yeah. You. Um, so yeah, JM press and. See, probably JM press and close grip bench press, but they're very, very similar, and you kind of mm. put them in the same vein. Um, I really like a single-arm standing cable. This mm. sounds almost like across the body. Yeah. Similar yeah, to the, the cross cable, like two arms, it's just it's easier to get one cable than it is to get two. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that Yeah, my
0: one of my favorite for triceps would be the um cable cross with the two arms. Yeah, it looks um, cool as fuck as well. It looks cool and you can like you can get your your like shoulders fully like in that like fully um extended position and then like complete almost hyperextend your elbows. Yeah, you get and a wicked you, contraction. Yeah, exactly. Um and then um Dave's just got me doing some overhead tricep mm-hmm. extensions. You do overhead at the cross? No, overhead mm-hmm. with a
1: rope. Uh I like that, uh, but I think it was Eugene Tio mm-hmm. Eugene, to your name, I think it was him, named it Katana raised, where you do, it's across cables <laughs> but from behind. Yeah. So you end up... Yeah. It so like, like you're pulling, pulling out. out. Yeah. yeah. That's what's um, really good as well. I'll try to... But he's, it. Got,
0: he's got me holding the uh, on the last rep. I have to hold in the stretch position for 10 seconds. So it just... It looks like you're trying really hard to do your last rep because you're just pulling against it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a good one. And then for bicep curl, I, because of my my shoulder and my elbow thing, I can't actually do incline curls at the moment because when my shoulder is in that externally rotated position, I get like like a zing down my from my shoulder all the way down to my finger. That's so jam. that's not ideal. No. Um. So, but definitely um, preacher curls, I'm a big fan of um, for a shortened position. But I like to do them single arm with a dumbbell. Yeah, and then also spider curls as well because you just can get like an insane pump um even at you you're, like you're still doing half reps like just to get the reps out but you get up and you like can't your arms are stuck at like 90 degrees
1: it's great yeah, huh? i love a zottman curl as well you know and you curl up and then you completely pronate. yeah out. i think that might be what hurt my elbow <laughs> yeah you definitely shouldn't do them
0: i think that's what hurt my elbow like i remember doing them once and feeling that was the first time i felt the zing yeah um, so I think, it might be the Zotman girls that did it.
1: Can I get a zinger box to go, please? <laughs> um, yeah. No. Any more questions? Um, we do have,
0: we have a question. Um, what do you think the punishment should be for people dropping their weights?
1: Would depend, like, you define it. Like, if someone just... Like you know when you're coming back from like an incline press you kind of chuck them down and they mm. make that no, like noise necessarily like well, unnecessarily. unnecessarily. like if you're
0: accelerating mm. the weights towards the ground if you're on a cable machine and you're doing your tricep extensions with a bar and then you finish your set and you have the bar at eye level and then you let it go so it has
1: to travel about a foot to but get yeah, to and the it slams cable. yeah you you may try to like, talk to a client and he's just... damn yeah, and you're like it's just interrupting. Yeah, um, probably. just you say what's the punishment for it? Yeah, death by firing squad. I think. <laughs> I think no leeway, no leeway and just. I reckon three strikes and then you're out of the gym. Yeah, but see
0: shit like that's how the police. Yeah, but I mean, like, if and you it's put an objective as well. Yeah, but like, if so, like, if I go up to you and be like, hey, "Hey, mate, like, you know, try not to drop it." And then a couple of like a little bit later, do it again. It's like taking the piss. So you can
1: do that in like a small gym where everyone knows each other. Yeah, but it's bad for the equipment. Yeah, but like, what are you Uh, going to do? The gym's over three thousand people. Like,
0: I'm going to go through and I'm going to cut people personally. (laughs) Well, like stab them. No, (laughs) I mean rip up their contracts, kick them out of the gym. Walk around with a shank. It's actually just a sharpened toothbrush. Um, yeah, those are the questions for this week. Yeah. you giving me the finger. No, I was scratching my eye. All right, speaking of scratching your eye, do you have a shower thought of the week or do you want me to go first again? Yeah, you go first.
1: I do have a shower thought,
0: oh. but you go first. So I was driving home yesterday and there was a person driving along um, in a black Mercedes being quite aggressive. Um. And then, as we got to the lights, um, and I read their number plate, it was a black. It was a black Mercedes C63, and the number plate was black, and it was M E R C63. And I thought, you know, that sometimes in life, I will see someone do something that deep down I actually want to do, and I get a bit jealous of them, and that jealousy comes out as "you're a dick," but actually, it's just me being like, "I wish I was that person." When it comes to customized number plates on your cars, there's no jealousy there. You're just a dick.
1: I, what a waste of money! Like you got That ups your rego every year just to have. Yeah,
0: that. significantly as well. Yeah. Like, why? And, like yeah. I can. If you run a business and you have and your car is an adver- has advertising on it, and you've got a number plate that's to do with your business.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'll that's fair it. enough. You can yeah.
0: you can understand that.
1: But if it's but your if you're name, just like, like fucking rubber,
0: yeah, or like your name, or like this is the car I have, and then I want to remind you this is the car I have by making my number plate what the car is, yeah, sick, bro, like cool. And then you're being driving along really aggressively, like not indicating when you're changing lanes and speeding, and you've like and you got a loud turbocharger in there. Good, sick times, awesome,
1: yeah. No, no, I'm not with the with the customized number plates. I think it just no, looks such a wanker. Not here for it, especially not for
0: like like a Mercedes like C63 is not like that good a car. Yeah, it's not like a you know one of twenty cars. Like it's it's mass produced. Let's just chill out.
1: Yeah, I think my my share of has now changed to it uh, to match yours. One thing as well, I don't find like. So, so my share thought is I don't find like supercars like Lamborghinis, Ferraris, McLarens. I couldn't give a fucking shit about them. Like, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like you'd be driving, or you're, someone's driving around and it, it drives past. I'm like, oh, look, look, I don't couldn't give a fuck. Because most of the time they're rented out of their own finance. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when you get older, you
0: realize that most of these people are purchasing the cars to show them
1: off to other people. Yeah. And, everything they have has gone into the car like yeah. if i had proper fuck you money it is the last thing i'm buying is a fucking supercar that like is the most impractical fucking thing in the world well you do, you're not going into Coles and east village in that fucking thing no, no, going over no, the, um, you know they're like the the proper like the, world world. Trips, the, the yeah. small speed bumps that absolutely like chuck you up in the air because they're yeah. really hard but you do that in a supercar you're scratching all of it exactly yeah maybe stuck midway no,
0: see I'm a I'm a like I grew up in a car. Like my dad's a big car guy. Um he actually has a, a nineteen sixty-eight Chevy Camaro in the garage as we speak. Yeah, um, that's that's much cooler than a fucking oh, yeah, senior or McLaren. Um growing up with cars, reading car magazines that dad bought, watching top uh top gear, um if I had proper fuck you money, I would probably have a few cars, but I would not regularly drive them and it'd be like, I'm like one of my ledger activities would be I'm going for a drive up the coast in this yeah, car in your fucking 1960s convertible, whatever it is, like whatever car it was, whether it be like, if I'd probably fuck you money, I'd probably have a form of a supercar, like one, but like, I'm not driving around day to day. And like, I'd, I'd be so con- like, like cons- feel so conspicuous when I was like, if I went parking at a cafe. I'd almost be embarrassed. Yeah. That's like a, I'd love having the car, but I'd be like, oh, I don't want people, because then people would be like, oh, look at this dickhead with
1: the little dick. It's like,
0: no, I just like cars. Yeah. <laughs> and I can afford it.
1: I think if I had proper fucking money, I'd love to put it into like a proper, like put so much money into a U, like a 79 series Land Cruiser. <laughs> like that's, well, after a house house with a fully paid off mortgage and then then a Land Cruiser fully paid off.
0: I saw like a proper, um, a, like an old school uh, Land Rover Defender. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Defenders are very nice. And I was like, then had been properly done up. And I was like, that's a sick car. Like, that's some shit. I was, um, I watched a video, uh, not too long ago, it was Instagram or TikTok, and it was all the, um, all the New York Knicks, like NBA players, arriving at the game and the different vehicle, like cars that they're arriving in. They had some surprisingly like normal cars. One bloke literally rode in on an electric scooter. I fucking hate them as well, to be honest. (laughs) It was so funny, but like they just had like, you know, there was maybe a couple of Maseratis, but like the sedans and then there was like, you know, a couple of G Wagons. One guy rocked up in a fucking van and he was in he had his own little like chill out room in the back in the like back of the van and had someone else driving it. But I was like a lot of them had a lot more normal cars than you would like expect from NBA players. Yeah. Who have proper fuck you money?
1: I'm just trying to find out how expensive a Land Cruiser is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, whilst you're uh, looking up how expensive a Land Cruiser is, I think that
1: it might be us guys. You got to like apply for it. It, it doesn't you know? tell you. You got to apply. go. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Toyota. <laughs> well, they're like 190 grand.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they like they're good cars. So and they're popular
1: yeah well that's the thing they're so fucking hard to get your hands on
0: all the four like driving,
1: driving. Mm. just get a hold in colorado and put money into that
0: yeah or a toyota rav4 don't get a toyota rav4 don't get a toyota rav4
1: you don't have to four is that around sydney though yeah. Yeah. yeah well i mean
0: it was my it was my parents car so i got it for cheap off them and i'm still paying them for it um Thank you very much for joining us, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you listen all the way to now. Um, we are, of course, we didn't have a guest this week, but we do have uh, Rory Warnock, who is a breathwork and performance coach, who we are going to have on when we record tomorrow, but you won't hear him for a week and a bit. So he'll be on next uh, week. Yeah, he'll be on the next episode. But <laughs> um, if you have any questions for him, you better
1: have already sent them to us because by the time
0: you hear, hear this we already would have uh, recorded
1: yeah no i'm actually i'm really looking forward to that because we met rory he came and did a presentation in fitness playground where we work and it was really really fascinating so we could have a chat with him again and since he did that presentation he's run 250 kilometers across i believe it was the atacama desert desert yeah which is yeah. fucking mad yeah like it's a bit that's... longer now 60k around sydney yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Which we
0: actually saw him on the sixty K. He only did thirty, so Pussy. Who's the real
1: fucking athletes here? Yeah. He, he did four point one six times what we ran. Quick maths. Yeah, I did that up here as well.
0: 21. Um yeah, thanks guys for joining us. Um have a uh like, a share, a follow, hit all the buttons, um, and do good things for us because we're doing yeah. good thing for you. Follow the Instagram. Follow the potty. Subscribe Shh. to the potty. Download it. Send us questions. Share it on your Instagram story. Do all Send things. us a if you want. It's fine. That would be funny. I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, guys. Um, Catch you
1: next week for another episode. And see ya.